We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we're looking at the Battlestar Galactica episode, Baltar's Escape. Since the arrival of the Eastern Alliance enforcers as Apollo and Starbucks prisoners, the Council have been getting increasingly uppity. It seems the civilian government is chafing under the yoke of Adama's oppressive military regime, and also they seem, once again, to ignore the obvious danger and opt for an unrealistic policy of peace with a merciless opponent. They rescind the state of emergency declared after the Cylons destroyed their worlds and return the fleet to civilian control. They also return the military to civilian oversight, and Cyrus Tinia is appointed council liaison to the Galactica to make sure that the military follows council orders. About this time, Baltar enlists the, his fellow prisoners, the Beryllian Nomen, and the Eastern Alliance enforcers into a planned prison break. Using the release and transfers of the enforcers to the Galactica to the peace talks, the Nomen stage an escape, freeing Baltar and the enforcers. They capture the transfer shuttle and head to the Galactica, where they meet and imprison the Council of the Twelve, demanding that Adama release them, or the Council will be killed. Boxed into a corner, Adama hatches a plan to retake the prisoners and turns himself over to Baltar as an additional hostage. Apollo and Starbuck, along with Baltar's Cylon pilots, execute a daring plan and save the day. However, the Alliance enforcers are allowed to escape so that they can be tracked back to Lunar 7. The end. Oh, what are your first thoughts on Baltar's escape? Dumb. Hated it. Again, again. Not, not, batting, a, not batting a high number here. I actually kind of enjoyed it. I don't it think apart it's from... It's not going to happen with these episodes. Um, this one I remembered very well, and I hated it. I mean... Halfway through, I was tempted to turn it off. <laughs> I mean, I was really, I mean, it was, it, I was approaching Naked Montague angry. Wow. Okay. Is it, I mean, there's a lot of things in it that are, I will admit, um, dumb. There's a few things in it that are concerning and, and worrisome, but is it the ridiculous Council of the Twelve? I mean, how? Try all of it. The entire thing. There is not one goddamn thing redeeming about this episode. Okay. All right. Um. <clears throat> well, puts it in a corner. Uh, well, nonetheless, <clears throat> I suppose one thing I'm going to... I'll run through my notes then. Because I, I didn't hate the episode. I've got episodes that I hate, like the Young Warriors and stuff. This one had... In my opinion, some very poor planning, but eh, I kind of vaguely enjoyed it. Um, despite the fact that Sheba is actually in this episode, did you notice that she was missing from the train at the beginning? No, she, it, was she? Yes, they were down to seven, and it was Sheba. No, that I counted was seven. I counted seven, but you're right. I, 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 I but I didn't. Um, 
I, I didn't notice that she was missing. I was just busy counting names. Yeah, I counted the names. I'm like, seven, we're down one. And then I had to go back and watch it because I didn't, you know, I'm like, I saw I saw all the people who I wouldn't expect, like Jolly and Athena. And although I was surprised Athena was in the last one. but And then I'm like, whoa, Sheba's gone. Wait, is she out of the show already? And then she turned up. I'm not even sure she got a credit in it because if she wasn't in the opening, I didn't see her in the ending. I think it's probably just a screw up, but it was just, it was just kind of weird. Um, I'm going to leave the question about how stupid the council is uh, to later because obviously they haven't learned. Even though the old council is dead, the new council, and I'm guessing this is yet another new council and not the council that nearly got them oh, killed please. on Carillon. They've, they've got a new council every time we see them. They do seem to be turning over pretty quickly uh, on the council. But I mean, ha- there's no justification for it except that there is this it's part of the necessary narrative isn't it in in galactica that that peace is foolhardy or that that these people are blind to the obvious threats in 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 the world i mean i'll have a question about that later as to whether or not they're truly blind or perhaps it's something else but um uh let's see we had commandant lighter give his philosophy of the hunter and the prey the strong Mm. and the weak it's kind of interesting when i was a kid and you would watch tv shows about nazis that was the classic nazi line right i mean i think that's the basic fascist um thing and and as you get older you learn about really the racism and the 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 annihilation of the Jews and the other facets of them. And you wonder why that's not covered in TV. And I'm guessing this is sanitized Nazis. Is this you a, think? a left? Well, I mean, yes, they're bad, but not. I'm not on the it's council side. It's screaming sanitized Nazis. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's obviously they're Nazis because they're wearing Nazi uniforms with this stuff off. But I mean, you know, they're not, they don't have got Hitler. They haven't got death camps to the best of my knowledge but no they've got virtually everything else so that we talked about in the last episode my god including submarines because that's obviously what their their uh uh, ships are Um, i mean it was not uncommon for tv shows to you know if you're not going to have some sort of uh mock nazi organization like the eastern alliance then at least you got some you know it, it, it was easy to make nazis the bad guys i mean we saw it in all types of television entertainment Ranging from shows like Wonder Woman, even into professional wrestling. My goodness, the bad guys were always the Third Reich. Yeah, I guess what I was getting at in terms of sanitized Nazis is that they're not actually as bad as the real Nazis. Well, they can't have that. That's what I was getting at. I never realized that when I was a kid. That all the, all the faux Nazis, even the real well, Nazis, not counting, obviously, Hogan's Heroes, but... But consider this. I mean, you just you just gave your own answer. I mean, you know, you didn't consider this when you were a kid. Well, it's because when we were kids, we didn't have a full grasp of all the atrocities, atrocities the, Nazis, the did. Nazis did. Which is partially because they didn't didn't explore that. Right? I mean, you got. I don't, your... I don't think it's just a question of wanting to explore. It. I mean, maybe it was a deliberate choice of we don't want to. You know, let's not talk about the Holocaust. I mean, because yeah. it was a really gross and disgusting thing that happened there. You know, unless you're one of those idiots like Mel Gibson's dad. Uh, but, <coughs> oh, Mel Gibson. But, yeah. But the the point is that uh, it it was acknowledged. It was accepted. We realized it was there. It was not something we talked about. Even in society, we learned about it in school, and that was it. 
It was never talked about on television because it was that horrible. Too awful. And keep in mind that in 70s, everything had some sort of a sanitized approach to it. Even if you look at Star Trek with their episode Patterns of Force, Mm. I mean, even that was sanitized compared to what really took place in history. And it's a, that's a good comparison. In in Patterns of Force, of course, um, the the Fuhrer, the, the 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 one that was the figurehead that had John Gill. There we go. Mm-hmm. Was trying to make sanitized Nazis. Yes, he was <laughs> deliberately. Yes, he was, and, and he was Spock, being perverted and, by the others. Yeah, it was. It was, and he had her, and it, that's all explained. So yeah, so there. That is a rather unusual situation. situation. But yeah, it's. Just, I'm just. I wonder if this kind of thing, this 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 gross sanitization of of what this was for television, where lots of people get this stuff, has led to some of the denialism now oh i'm not even gonna i i'm not even gonna explore that but i I mean there's no good reason for it but there's lots of lots of things people believe there's um let's see more evidence that terra and earth wolf pack and bear which i think is kind of interesting because um adama goes i do not know what this wolf pack and bear you speak of but have you ever noticed that if they had called it a wolf if the galacticans had called it something it probably would have been I'm not sure what the wolves would have been, but like the bear would have been an ursign. Oh, or, well, you know how, how they how about the lupin? The lupin. Yes, there we go. So I mean, they they tend they have words that tie. I'm kind of surprised that they don't. It's like well, that sounds a bit like you're talking about an, uh, a a bear or something. But but anyway, that was our only one. Um, let's see. Here's one of the areas that struck me as um. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with stupid, but um. Who is probably the most hated man in the fleet? Well, it's easily Baltar. Who is the man who destroyed 12 planets, 99.99% of the population of the colonies? It's Baltar. Well, it's under Baltar's... Well, yeah, okay. Baltar. It's Baltar. Baltar's Um, fault. Let's see. Probably everyone on the fleet has suffered great hardship, probably lost family members, lost it's everything. I wonder if he's they had. still alive. How is it they've made him a trustee on freaking mess duty? I can't believe he's not dead. I that's really the, can't. That's it. Yeah. It's it's interesting that he's not dead. The only thing that I can imagine is that once more, they're trying to give us something that is not entirely based in reality. Because, yes, had this been in real life, even in a penal colony or a penal ship, the other prisoners would have killed him. Right, right. Because we, we discussed the, the prison barge before. Surely these are prisoners, for the most part, who have committed crimes since they left the colonies. Mm-hmm. So these are all people who have lost, just like everybody else. They're right. all the things like, wow, Baltar, you're on mess duty again. Don't get out of sight of the guards because you won't survive. I mean, it was, uh, it was, um, let's see. Baltar, uh, prison barge. Would you keep the weapons confiscated on prisoners on the weapon, on the prison barge? Generally, you would. Don't you think? I was curious that they have like a room where they can make a prison break and then go get all their, their guns back. I, it, I, I strikes me as being kind of the wrong place to put of course you know it's prison and a prison barge are kind of different um but yeah that that convenient for the purposes of our 
of our story. Um, the Nomen. Mm-hmm. Most unconvincing dying act ever. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> if perhaps they had held a hand to their forehead and said, oh, I die and fall over, might have been just slightly more convincing, well, I should think. I think what we're supposed to go with is the fact that they felt, you know, there, there was no pulse. Yeah. But even that, yeah. hardly, I, I would hardly qualify as a convincing death act. Yeah, that was that was very poor. And then when they beat up the guards, um, which maybe I'm jaded in the era of Jackie Chan and beyond, but I wasn't impressed. But clearly Baltar was drooling over their fighting capabilities. Yeah, he was. He was. Good he seemed, Lord. Yeah, well, he I think said, yeah. he was, I, I think he was more in awe of the fact that they died and came back. That's that's what I took. Mm. Okay, I, I it's because of the way Maga said our reflexes have slowed, but they will improve now with time. Where our captivity's at, or whatever it was. But um, yeah, okay. Now let's talk about my theory about the High Council. Mm. Baltar has sources that make him privy to things that Adama didn't even know about decisions in the council when he was talking about the transfers. Adama hadn't even had time to go find out what the council had decided, right? Because he, Adama walks by Baltar, Baltar gives him a little bit of hard luck, then the guard says, I'm in a good mood. Well, you're on mess duty. And it occurs in that next scene. So Adama hasn't made it to the council. The council hasn't even told him that they're going to rescind the emergency or that they're going to treat the enforcers as honored guests. But Baltar already knows they're going to do that. How did he find that out? And my guess is there's someone on the council that's... Well, I can't think of anything else. ...filling the same role that Baltar did that led the colonies to their destruction, which could explain why they were so stupid to go at it again. Like, is it... Is, is Baltar trying or is somebody else that's in, in cahoots with Baltar trying to destroy the fleet even now? Because they're doing a pretty damn good job of it. It's the only excuse I can come up with for, A, him knowing that information. And he's very yeah. coy about it, right? Yeah, he's, he's like, I, think mm-hmm. is, I, I find that to be ridiculously lame on the writer's part. I mean, that's how, how, easy, it, how easy it is to just simply write a throwaway line. You know, how do you know about this really important, vital piece, piece of information? Oh, I have my sources. And then, then never get back to it. It's like, oh... You know, that's that's really treating your audience with intelligence. That, that, Not. That did very much, when I heard that and I wrote it down as a thing, it's like, come on. You know, that's that's not possible. But then when you start thinking about the actions of the council again, it's almost like there's a sleeper there on the council. It's and, the only ops, uh, only possibility. And of course, we know that the show doesn't really go far enough that, that it's, that we're going to find out mm. that there's, that there's a... Uh, a co-conspirator in on this thing. Let's see. I will say this. The Nomen were saying something to Baltar that really, uh, really rang true. Your track record so far does not inspire confidence. Which is good because I also am noticing that he really is crap as a Mm -hmm. villain. Oh, he's terrible. That whole bit where he's like, they go, well, they're going to attack us when, when we move to the shuttles and the enforcers are going, oh yeah, they're definitely going to attack us when we move to the shuttle. Well, then 
not going to do that because they're going to he the the prisoners they're gonna trust me. They, they you know the, they all blow up the prisoners and they say they know they know you're going to blow them up anyway. Well, I wasn't going to do it. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. He's 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 caught in the fact that what they don't trust me. And then he goes in and he's all like begging the council. Oh, you, you believe me, don't you? You do, you do. Like, wow. This is, I mean, Baltar has never exactly been the most cunning of villains. He's obviously duplicitous and he's obviously scheming. But this was really his worst. Mm-hmm. He, he was really coming off as, as Oh, he was bloody incompetent. Third rate at this point. I mean, he was second rate before, but he's third now. And I, and which made me, which then I have a big problem with the idea of the Berillion, uh, the, the Berillion Nomen actually wanting to go along with him, as well as uh, the members of the Alliance willing to follow him. It's like, why would you follow this idiot? I mean, the moment they would get out, you would think that they would say, you know, you're stupid. We're taking over. I don't know that the Enforcers would know it right away. Oh, but the I Nomen bl- should. The no one should have. I really have got to believe that at least uh, Leiter figured it out. My guess is the Noman felt that Baltar brought at least the piece about the shuttle. And but even there, when they went ahead with the plan, I now you know what it is. I think I think the Noman were counting on the fact that they would take the bridge, like Baltar was. And when Apollo and Starbuck thwarted that, then they knew that Adama's troops would attack but had they taken the bridge maybe they could have staved that off so maybe that's why you know they're reassessing the situation on the ground and baltar is not up to that task like the gnomon because obviously they know they've been trying to escape and they had no way to get a shuttle so baltar did bring important information to the the equation so they could be treating him like a, a poor resource but a resource nonetheless but uh, yeah he just he not come off well in this episode and it's a shame because i like john colicos uh well, as an actor and very, as a bad guy but he, there's almost there's something almost vaudevillian you know you, you expect him to twirl a mustache i gotta tell you uh, as I, he's snickering uh over his you know with his victory you know who he was reminding me of in this one dr smith oh yes definitely i thought the same thing that was it, like, it was so dr smith yeah. So it was, yeah, it was not, not good. Has he always been that bad? I, I mean, I don't think so, but vain, swayed by, swayed by um, flattery, mm-hmm. um, cowardly, obviously, greedy for power. Slimy. Slimy, yeah. But, but he was, but this he was, was very just, slimy in the pilot. He was, he was very slimy in the pilot, but he was also, he was a lot more formidable. I mean, obviously he was a trusted guy. And he betrayed. Well, because, yeah, he made the, by being a mole that made that his very position made him formidable. And if you think about the way the pilot played out, they basically killed him, and they then he got a reprieve for the series. But right, you know, he he met an Ed before he really got a chance to do anything other than the betrayal in terms of villainy. So mm-hmm. everything afterwards has been a little. Let's see. I did. Well, no. How, how do you? I love to say, how do you feel? But we'll, we'll, we'll use that term. The council makes a stupid decision. A very, very stupid decision. They hand it down on Adama, who obviously hates the decision, as do Apollo and Starbuck. When Apollo and Starbuck start complaining to Adama, what does he do? He shuts them down. He, he shuts... In fact, he, he, he shames them. He's like, this is no way for warriors to behave. I'm going to 
give Adama credit for that? I mean, we all, we know, we all, the audience know he's absolutely right, right? There's there's no there's no question about it because we already know that the enforcers are in part of an escape plot, and uh, you know we've seen what they've done, and we know they're Nazis because we all have the cultural knowledge that these guys are Nazis, and we know he's right to distrust this, but at the same time. He's got the honor and he's got the duty and the sworn oath to the civilian government and he carries through with it. He does. Now, my, my, not my contention, but the thought that I had on that particular element of the story is he, he chastises them because of the way they protest and, you know, the, the whole manner and timing of it all. Would his response have been different if they had been in private, say, perhaps in his quarters, and then just um, discussing it, in, not so much in a challenging tone, but in an, an inquisitive manner about that. What kind of response would he have given then? It's a good question. It's a really good question. I, 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 you know, we didn't get a chance to see much of Adama under the civilian role. No. Would he have been the cunning guy who gets his way by manipulating the situation? Because I think that's what Adama's that's plan a, was. I, that's what I thought we were getting out of this. There was there were moments uh, where he would acquiesce almost smugly, and uh, my interpretation on that was is he's like, okay, this is what you want. This is you're gonna. This is what you're going to get. I know this is gonna backfire you. I'm gonna get a moment to really tell. I told you so. Assuming I can pull your collective butts out of the fire. Yeah, my guess is he also didn't think the enforcers were that dangerous. I mean, until the prison break came along, it's like, this is a stupid idea. But you're talking about basically a low-level commandant and some thugs. And, you know, do they have a right to hold them? I mean, there is a there is a legitimate question. Lighter demands says they don't have the right to hold them. Well, do they? He's, well, if we're going to follow the same lines of reasoning that Apollo had... Um, my take on that is, no, they don't. But Adama seems to have some reasoning for, you know, he, he even expresses it. He's, he's got rationale for wanting to keep them prisoner, at least for a time. Uh, what they did on Paradine could be considered a war crime. But is this the crew that did it? You know, can they hold, can you hold them? I, I don't know, in military law, can you hold this crew responsible if someone else blew up Paradine? Right. I don't know. I mean, you could take them as prisoners of war. Obviously, they're but, combatants, but they're not at war. But they're with not these at people. war with them, so you can't do that either. So I actually kind of uh, believed with Lighter that yeah, you, you you can't hold them. You really have no right to do so. Now there was some fighting. Uh, there, there was some attacking, uh, or the the enforcers did attack um, Apollo and Starbuck. So they're yeah. No, they didn't. Well, not really. They really didn't. But there was a fight. Yeah, actually, it was more of a. Yeah, because Apollo and Starbuck came to the rescue, and Apollo and Starbuck commandeered their ship. Yeah, so that they could get home, and which you know, considering considering Apollo, now that we think about the last episode, considering how how gung ho Apollo was about, we have to let these poor people go back on their thing because we took their ship out of space without permission, then taking the enforcers captive. <laughs> Mm. It is kind of 
Uh, it's kind of iffy. I mean, I, well, I get it. They're the bad guys. They're obviously that's bad it. guys. That's it. I but, mean, obviously the 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 ship that they uh, that they intercepted at the beginning. Nice people, enforcers, bad people. Therefore, same rules don't apply. Yeah, which is a detriment to the, the Galactica universe that they're not consistent. But big shock, big shocks there. But yeah, I I I appreciated the I. I think in this watch through of Galactica, I appreciate Adama more than I have in the past so far. He is actually a pretty level-headed and wise individual uh, and, and honorable. And in the past, I've always just kind of thought of him as stodgy. Mm-hmm. But even even when we we start the... You know, his op- his narrations from the last few episodes where he's talking about, you know, his misgivings. Like, if Terra is Earth, then are we heading into, you know, another enemy and foe? He's very thoughtful about it. Just like when he was talking about, you know, what happens if Earth is like a, a dump or is technologically a backwater? He's... <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I'm admiring him a lot more from his stance as a character um, in this this go through, um, and you know everyone else kind of a little bit, a little particularly Starbuck, a little bit less because he is a lot hot headed, stupid actions than I remember. You yeah. know, like but I would have said Starbuck or Boomer were my favorite characters on the first go through. Boomer's still pretty good, but but uh, you know, Boomer's Star- got a cool head. I mean, even when he does things like you know getting ready to to nose dive the shuttle. You know, but there was still something very cool and calculated about it, which I respected. Yeah, yeah. It's probably because they don't give him enough lines that uh, they don't give him the opportunity to, to, to screw up. But anyway, um, I absolutely love Colonel Ty in this episode. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> From his heading down to the officer's lounge to, to commiserate his troubles with Apollo and Starbuck in the hopes that they would solve the problem. To uh, his plight at the end of the episode, when it turns out Adama and Cyrus Tinya may be become spending, a thing. Become a thing. You think we'll see her again? I mean, I good on you, good on you, Adama. <laughs> a woman yeah. forty years younger than you. Yeah, <laughs> I Yaros. highly doubt it, but you never know. Beats Brett Summers from from her <laughs> from so so very long ago. Uh huh. Mm. Um. Speaking of Cyrus Tinya, there was a line that she said, and it's supposed to it's supposed to rankle the audience. You're supposed to listen to that line and go, you idiots, right? But it's really absolutely correct. There's just one flaw with it. The line was, you're all good warriors, Commander. What we need now are good, good diplomats. diplomats. And there is never a truer word spoken. That's exactly what they need. It's a pity they haven't got any. They don't apparently. have any of them. Yeah, no, they don't. there's the problem, right? It's not that you're supposed to look at that and go, oh, God, right? No, what we need are the warriors. No, actually, they do need good diplomats. They just haven't got They them. don't have any. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the diplomatic corps obviously got killed on Caprica or whatever planet the diplomatic corps comes from because... Whoever they've appointed to the council are just the most incompetent, inept idiots ever. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, but she's right. Um, has she redeemed herself by the end, though? Well, she's not. She has to some degree. Uh, 
I think. Uh, she's not completely narrow-minded that her way is the only way, you know, or her way is the council way and that is the only way. Uh, when she is faced with the simple hard truth that, okay, well, the diplomatic way is simply not going to work. Uh, she realizes that, well, you know, this plan, it's a bust. And I think she even fesses up to the fact that if not her, then it's it's the pre- the, the other guy, uh, John Hoyt's yeah. character. You know, but they fess up. Yeah, we were wrong. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we completely misjudge this one. So she, uh, she yeah. literally says, "I'm surprised the warriors don't help them blow up the shuttle." At one point, yeah, which you know they wouldn't because of Boomer and Sheba, but otherwise, so. boom, <laughs> right? But yeah, yeah. As soon as as soon as the situation on the ground changes to a well, military she, situation, she turns. She's you're right. You're she absolutely does right. turn, and and that's that's kind of the neat thing because I think you would see you might see other council members just completely go into vapor lock. Well, I think we did see all the other one of them. Well, we have, fainted. we have. I mean, yeah. I mean, and we have seen that, or they just, you know, they they turned to a really odd form of, of cowardice. Mm-hmm. I think of um, Cyrus Yuri, yeah. that we saw in the uh, in the pilot. Uh, he's he's a classic case. I mean, you know, you take orders from me. There's an attack. Follow him. Follow, follow him. him. I mean, talk about spineless. Yeah. Well, Sire um, Dolma, I think it was. You know, when they when Adama gets on the shuttle and says, by the way, I think you should know, we took a vote and we've rescinded our rescension of martial law. And you're like, you guys are just, you're really spineless. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone else on the council is just really uh, feckless losers. And Cyrus Tinia at least comes across as someone who can learn a lesson. And, you know, the bit with her and Adama at the end, really, you don't see that come out of, I mean that that just isn't there in the story. No, uh, unless unless that's not Adama taking a romantic interest in her. No, it isn't. That's Adama I, just like it's a concession. It, it's a concession. Damn it, she she backed me when I needed backing mm-hmm. on the council. And that's actually what I thought it was. It was a concession, and she put her life on the line to make sure that this pl- that my plan went because she turned herself in. You know, and, and she had a correct assumption that they might hold Adama separate from the other prisoners and that she would have the opportunity to get on the shuttle. So, I mean, she had bravery. She knew when she was wrong. She fessed up and she ran next to her. You know, I would like to see her stay on the council because Adama needs that. Well, yeah, um, she actually, she was uh, identified as an asset to Adama. And to be honest, I really think she could be she is capable of seeing things from another point of view she needs convincing mm-hmm. and unfortunately what requires her to be convinced is something a bit drastic it's the only downside yeah yeah the the <clears throat> i do feel that at the point when the prison barge communications cut out she should have been more cautious at that point uh <laughs> In fact, I would have been inclined to think that there would be a standard policy, regardless of whether you're in peacetime or wartime, there's a standard policy when that kind of thing happens, especially if you know you are transporting potential hostiles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you see, they aren't potential hostiles. They are absolutely our honored guests. So, I mean, I... Yeah, no, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. They should... (laughs) <laughs> uh, and we're all supposed to agree with that. They're, they should have had something in place and go, well, hey, you know, that's not right. Um, but yeah, I think that's the point where she should have at least conceded a little suspicion, mm-hmm. um, which is 
Which is why when uh, Adama is sitting there and he's saying, well, our only choice is when they start transferring to the ships, we have to strike them and we have to strike them hard. And she goes, I absolutely agree. And Adama goes, listen to me, you what? Yeah. What? What Uh, you talking about? Yeah, there was a triple take there. He's almost. Yeah. It's like, did you just say what I think you said? You just agreed with me. I don't get this. It's like. It was set up for that joke. She should have been she should have been more wary at the point where she did. You know, heck, they could have sent warriors to the outskirts of the bay where no one would see them. Mm-hmm. Right? There are just things, as a precaution. The things you could have done without sending troops into the bay mm-hmm. and still been a little bit a little bit like, yeah, I'm a little concerned about the whole communications loss with the prison barge. But um yeah. Um I, I if we have to see another member of the council, I would prefer it to be her in the future. Because every time we see a member of the council, they're really awful. They're idiots. Yeah. And I think, you know, of course, that's the role that the council's supposed to be here. This show is about the, the, the conflict, if you will, between our savior, Adama, and the forces of stupid that he's fighting against. Mm-hmm. So I am going to apologize to our listeners i believe it was last week or last battlestar galactic episode that i gave an inadvertent spoiler um and i realize now that i was i was wrong it was not until this episode that boomer mentioned the turbo flush oh right (laughs) i knew boomer had called it a turbo flush it's just it it i think i called the toilet the turbo flush for years after that which is why it's stuck in my mind so uh, i remember boomer calling it the turbo flush and it, i thought yeah i want a turbo flush i want i want power you know back in the 70s that's before they had those low flow uh high pressure toilets that you know build up the pressure vacuum and then blast it that mm-hmm. huge so yeah turbo flush uh, it's uh that was them predicting okay I have but one last topic to uh, to discuss. The Cylons. Oh, yes. So Wilker disassembles the Cylons. Okay. And he has an idea. This they're machines. Maybe, maybe you can reprogram them mm-hmm. to make them not fire. Or who knows? Maybe you could reprogram them to be nice. Or all of these things. It's a great idea. It's a fantastic it's idea. It's a great idea. Yes, it is. And they've been fighting the Cylons for a thousand yarns? Probably. And they've never captured a Cylon before? Well, they keep blowing the ships up. Or shooting, the, or just destroying them in gunfire. How, have they never, seriously, never captured a single Cylon? Apparently ever? not. Apparently <laughs> not. <laughs> that, when, you know, again, it's one of those things. Wait a minute. Whenever they keep talking about the, whenever they talk about the fact that this war is a thousand years old, I mean, we know from the history of warfare, right? Yeah, wars can go on for a long time, but active hostilities cannot go on for that long. You Both sides would have too much attrition. Mm-hmm. You, you, you simply couldn't do it. it. It can't have been a thousand yarn war. It's just, it's just not possible. But it, and it, they, they had to have captured us. They had to. If you were a scientist on the side of the Capricans, wouldn't, Somebody be going to the top level of the military and saying, look, capture me a Cylon. Find a way. Get us some. We have to have them. We could we could win this war. It's just like interrogating prisoners. You have to take prisoners once in a while. Mm-hmm. Apparently oh, I agree. that's never happened. I, I, I just I know. 
<sighs> and it would make sense. I mean, it it is a standard process or standard practice to at least try to get the enemy. I mean, when it's when it's you know humans, I mean, it's always about interrogation. I mean, that's what even Adama was doing with Lighter. It was about interrogation. Yeah. At least with the case of the Cylons, I mean, it's you you alter the goal. This time, it's about reprogramming. Yeah, I mean, I could... Or at least, least learning how they're programmed in the first place. Maybe at least you come up with a defense, just knowing how they operate. Yeah, introduce a computer virus or anything like that. I mean, it just is... It's so unbelievable that, that they ha- haven't done that. Now, they could have fixed it with a line of dialogue. Normally, Cylons self-destruct so that we can't take them right. prisoner when they're still active. But no, they didn't do that. Um... But it does once again lead me to, to many, many questions about the nature of this, this so-called Thousand Yaren War. Uh, I uh, got nothing else. Um, I, I, we, I, we covered everything that's in my notes. So, all right. Well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that the next episode is Experiment in Terra. Um, I think we're down no, to three. No, it's Oh, yes, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Next Galactica episode. Next Galactica is Experimentary, yep. I think then that leaves us with Take the Celestra and the Hand of God, and then and then the Lords of Cobal help us. Galacticans find Earth. <laughs> oh, <sighs> God. <laughs> Not Galactica 80. Anyway, Ben, thank you for joining me. Well, now you've got me all worried to bring me to a Galactica 80. I might have to kill myself. Oh, don't do that, Ben. <laughs> that would that that doesn't benefit anybody. It just <laughs> it does me. It spares me the agony. <laughs> Listeners, I do hope you will join us again next time on Fusion Patrol. If we're doing Galactica eighty, people, run, run. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.